Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Hope you're having a great Labor Day. Listen, I really appreciate, as you know, all the truckers, electricians, plumbers out there, pilots, military men and women, or cops, people who work for a living, firefighters. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Some of the most uh, emotional moments of my life have been hanging around people with dirt under their fingernails who work for a living who tell tell me how much liberty and freedom matter to them. So on this Labor Day, thanks for everything you do. All these products and services that make this country great, housing, medicine, all that, you made that. You did it. And thank you for that. As more and more educational institutions have embraced new technologies and remote learning platforms, security and privacy have become bigger concerns. Schools hold important data about student names, addresses, birthdays, and financial information hackers could use for cyber attacks. And with all that data at risk, parents need to be constantly on the lookout for identity theft threats. It's important to understand our cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Your personal information gets exposed so often, it makes it dangerously easy for a cyber criminal to steal your identity. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like crimes committed by thieves pretending to be you. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com slash Bongino. That's LifeLock.com slash Bongino for 25% off. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today. We appreciate it. We put together a special compilation of some of the best segments from my radio show. We thought it worth your time. Some you may have missed. If you're a radio show uh, only listener or a podcast only show listener, uh, check out both shows. The radio show, you can find it by going to Bongino.com, my website. Just click on Station Finder and find a station near you. But these are some of the best segments where I really went for it. Mike, uh, no, no libs. No libs today if they're going to be stupid. Don't even let them call. Don't even let them call, Producer Mike. They're standing by. Don't, don't even let them call. Well, what are you talking about? Why are you coming out, of the, coming out hard like that? Because uh, I, I just have no, I, I just, I, I, I just can't believe what, what's going on. I just can't believe it. I can't, I cannot believe it. We're in this massive inflationary death spiral we haven't seen in four decades. I'm only 47. I don't even remember seven years old. I remember one thing. My grandmother had this snowballs plant and my brother and I took wiffle ball bats and pretended we were beating the plant like it was a wiffle ball. And my grandmother lost it. And my mother like wrapped us in the, in the butts with like a ruler or something. That's all I remember from when I was seven. I, I don't even remember how horrible the inflation was, but I just remember hearing my dad complain about it. Like that's how bad inflation was. So we're living through this awful inflation crisis right now. We're living through a government spending crisis. We're living through the new American malaise brought on by swampy Republicans and awful Democrats, right? And what is this uh, senile zero in the White House come up with today? 
He's like, I got an idea, folks. Let's cancel $20,000 in student loan debt. Cancel it. So sane non-morons, which are not liberals, sane non-morons, the non-imbecile class, that's you. You're the smart ones. The imbecile class is the left. They're like, yeah, cancel. What a, it's a great idea. They never ask themselves common sense questions like, well, if you cancel it, where does it go? Um, oh, oh, it's not canceled. Oh, you mean I have to pay for it? So, you know, Milton Friedman said it best, you know, all debts are paid, right? They're either paid by the debtor or the creditor. No, no, they're not, Dan. No, no, they are. I lend Jim money and Jim pays it back. Jim paid the debt. I lend Jim money and Jim doesn't pay it back. I paid the debt. It didn't go anywhere. So you got these lefties out there saying this is just great student loan forgiveness. I'm going to forgive you for being an a-hole and being so freaking stupid that you don't understand just basic math. But see, the debt didn't actually go anywhere. I have to pay along with the rest of you. And let me tell you something. And to the Republican Party out there, the bad ones, not the good ones. The good ones don't certainly don't need a lecture from me. You all are doing the right thing. But to the swampy ones out there who are like, listen, we got to be delicate out there. There are students who are going to benefit this. we got to be careful with the language. I suggest you go sit in the corner, no soup for you today. Put the dunce cap on because you're an idiot. If you don't come out flamethrowing this week about this BS, paying off people's student loans, and you are absolutely useless as a party, as a party. let me tell you something. I don't want to pay off your loans. I don't want to pay off your loans. Listen, Samuel in the quad with your gender studies degree and your minor in 14th century women's studies, I am not interested in paying your loans. Let me say this again in no uncertain terms. Pay your own freaking loans. I don't want to pay your loans. Zero interest. You're, I get it. You don't go to class on Friday because it's early. Thursday night, you're out partying with your friends, smoking a bowl. You got the guy in the quad, Samuel. He's your urban studies, you know, pseudo professor. He's really like an adjunct who's doing his own PhD in 17th century uh, urban basket weaving. You guys are out there. You're like, dude, Samuel's cool, bro. We're lighting up the skunk weed, man. It's enlightening my mind. I get it. Like, that's how you're spending your money. And that's okay. You want to spend your money and spend $150,000 paying off that loan the rest of your life to smoke bowls in the quad with Samuel. You do you, bro, or brah, as they say these days. I'm not interested. I don't want to pay your loan. See, there's a way to pay your loan. For the Fox Nation viewers watching at home, let me do a demo. Uh, Jim, you can see this on the Skype. This is going to be a very sophisticated demo. Fox Nation, you may want to run this on the Fox News channel because this would solve all of our problems and it would additionally solve the problems of the Republican Party on messaging, okay? Here's a little demo for you. We have this problem with government debt and money being taken from the taxpayers to give to other people. The other people they're giving money through to these big bloated welfare programs and student loan quote forgiveness programs, those other people could get their own money. Wait, wait, what? Why? You ready for the demo? This is very complicated. You can put this on Rumble or even you can put this on YouTube with the commies. Commies won't like this, but there's a way to get your own money. Here's a way. You see, this is my ass right here. This, I'm pointing to it on Fox Nation. That's an ass. You see, that's an, it's split down the middle. When you take, don't shake your head, Jim. This is, this is, this is an important lecture. This is, you know, Jim's like, we're going to get canceled today. I really don't give a damn. I never do. Here's an ass. 
when you take the ass and you remove it from the seat like this. Watch, folks. Watch. I'm standing up with the mic. Ass. There it is right there. When you remove the ass from the seat and you go to work, you actually get your own money. You see that? Let me do the demo again. Folks, ass. There it is. It's that thing in the back. That'll cut down the middle. You may have seen it in a Charlie Brown encyclopedia. When you take that object and you remove it from the seat you're in and you go to work, see, you can actually get money. You don't have to get it from other people who don't have this problem because their asses are already working with the rest of their bodies, arms, limbs, and heads too. You see, that's how that works. Fox Nation, you guys got that? Catherine, Catherine, do you have that? Can you please make a special segment? Thank you, Catherine. Catherine says they have it. Catherine from Fox Nation has it. Can you send that to Suzanne, please, directly, and ask her to run this on the Fox News channel? This solves all our problems. It is the most, this is very, very complicated, Libs. Ass up from the seat and go to work. You see, that solves this problem. Republican, man, we can't say that, man. We got to be nice. People are struggling. People are struggling. People are struggling. I got four freaking jobs. You think I give a, about hearing about, you're struggling? Strug playoffs? Struggling? Listen, people who are struggling, I feel bad for you. This struggle's real, folks. But you know what? Struggling makes you tough, man. And digging yourself up and putting your work boots on and digging yourself out of the hole when you, when you struggle, when you get out of that damn hole, you will be a stronger person than you ever imagined. So-called rescuing people from their struggles by making other people struggle to pay off other people's struggles isn't help. It's the most immoral, unethical, disturbing thing I've ever heard. Do not rescue people from their struggles. You're not rescuing them. You're teaching them dependency. And the fact that we as a Republican Party can't remove the head from the ass and get this message out there is so deeply disturbing. I, I, I just want to pull my hair out. We should be on TV today, the turtle, McConnell, and everyone else screaming to the heavens about the immoral, unethical, grotesque behavior the Democrat Party and the swampy Republicans are engaging in right now by stealing from people to pay off other people to go to school to so-called better their lives so they can profit off your hard work. How do you think today? Now that the, I always use the example of the HVAC guy. Let me tell you why. And listen, for those who don't uh, uh, stick to the, whatever, man, I don't even, I, I don't know what to tell you. And personal stories are part of the show. You don't like them. I, I don't know what to tell you. We have an, it's Florida. Okay. We have an HVAC guy. He's a really hardworking guy. Super nice guy. He's an older guy too. He's in his mid fifties. He's in good shape, but he's older. 50s, not young anymore. I'm 47. He's older than me. My attic here in Florida, where we have some of the HVAC equipment, is, I'm not messing with you, it's probably 110 degrees on, on, an, on an 85 degree day. We have this sound in my machine. My air, we can't figure out what it is. It goes off of my house. It's driving everybody crazy. We still haven't figured it out. This guy was up there for about two hours, two weeks ago, trying to find what this damn sound is. It's driving everybody crazy. He didn't charge us anything, by the way, because we're good customers. He came down. This guy, I swear, if I was a doctor, I would have given him IV fluids. He looked like beef jerky. The guy looked like every single ounce of water in his body had been sucked dry. He looked like Leatherface from the Chainsaw Massacre. 
I felt horrible for this guy. He's a big fan of the show. Gave him an autographed book afterwards for his brother who likes this too because I felt so bad for this guy. I'm not going to tell you his name or the company. How do you think this guy feels today? The guy didn't go to college. How do I know? Because I've known this guy for a while. He's been coming to my house for a while. Yet he makes a decent living with this HVAC company because he learned the lesson. Very scientific again. What's the lesson? The ass, he takes it out of the seat every day and goes to work. It's a crazy lesson. He removes the ass from the seat to take the ass to work, to go and do work for which people pay him. You see? That's how that works. So how do you think he feels now that he didn't go to college and has to work all day in Florida attics where it's 120 degrees on a cool Florida summer day? How do you think he feels knowing now that the taxes he's paying to the federal government, which are already confiscatory and ridiculous, are going to pay for his rich neighbor, Don, his rich neighbor, Don, whose son, who probably has some exotic name like Sunflower or something, his, his son, Don, his liberal neighbor, Don, the son, Sunflower, who's smoking bowls in the quad with Samuel over at the University of East Tuna Fish. How do you think this guy's sweating his nuts off in my attic feels right now that he's paying taxes to pay off Don Sun Sunflower, him smoking balls on the quad in the University of East Tuna Fish with his 14th century, century gender studies major? How do you think that makes him feel? Has anybody thought about that? What about the Democrats? I thought they were the party, we're the party of the working man. Man, we're dirt under the face. Yeah, you're so full of crap, man. Shut your pile. A party of the working man. That. <laughs> what do the kids say now? Whatevs. Whatevs, man. Really? A party of the working man. You're so full of crap. You want to see what the collapse of an empire looks like, man? This is what it looks like right now. Start the video camera on your phone and video it. This is what the collapse of an empire looks like. Gluttonous, lazy buffoons. Suckling on the teat of other people's money. Too lazy to go out and work. Oh, but Dan, some people left college halfway through due to difficult circumstances. Yeah, difficult circumstances. Folks, you want to hear sob stories? I could tell you all day. You know what? I'm not interested anymore. I'm not interested. No, it's cold. No, it's not cold. It's real. world sucks. It's a horrible, unfair place. You know how you learn to deal with it? You overcome. And when you overcome, you learn lessons and you learn grit and you learn resilience. And you don't let that stuff happen again. That's what happens. Rescuing people from their problems by making other people suffer to work harder to pay off your problems. That's not help. That's not help. That's just plain old evil. That's not help. You're witnessing the collapse of an empire right in front of your face. Right now. And whereas in a dose of optimism and what's been another word, uh, another, another uh, otherwise uh, morose kind of opening to today's show, I believe in the long run, I think we'll be okay. I believe we're, we have, um, we're reaching peak stupid if we're not there already. And some good things happened last night in the elections. We'll get to that later in the show. But the collapse in the short term and the medium, uh, medium term is clear. We're here. Living off laziness. You know, it doesn't work out for them either way. Well, sometimes people left college halfway through because uh, 
you know, things didn't work out and they found another job. Okay, they found another job. I have a job now. Why should I have to pay for their mistake going to college? And then other people, well, well, other, uh, and other people, you know, they went to college and they left just because they were lazy. Okay, my point again. So why the hell should I pay because they quit college? So either they quit for an opportunity or they quit because they were lazy or they left because it wasn't for them. So what the hell do I have to pay for that for? Why do I have to pay? Has, can, can anyone explain that to me? Anyone, please, with a straight face, why I owe Don and Samuel's kids Sunflower, why I should pay Sunflower's college tuition, why should I do that? Why, why I don't understand. He's sitting there smoking an ounce of chocolate tie skunk weed on the, on the quad. Again, the kids, most of them aren't even studying calculus. Why, why do I have to pay? Anyone? Yeah, I didn't think so. Crickets. Crickets. There you go. There's the sound of the leftist objections, realizing I'm right the whole time. I don't even know what else to say. I think I should just quit the show here and let someone else take over the rest of the show. I'm pretty angry today about this stuff. This isn't going to be one of those cutesy time shows. So if you like the cutesy time shows, this, this one may not be for you. Someone said to me yesterday, I'm sorry, Jim, I know I'm going late, but a guy who's a very nice guy listens to the show and I appreciate his email. He's been in the industry a long time. He said, big mistake, don't tell people not to listen because they won't. Um, I said, no, I, I mean it because I want the show to be comfortable for you. And sometimes these shows where I'm really angry may not be for you. And I'm not about all that other stuff. I'm about making the show entertaining. And If you don't like it, today is going to be one of those shows where I'm really pissed. All right? Just warning you in advance. Get your ass out of the seat and go to work. You want to reach the income distribution center? It's called a freaking job. Remove your ass from the seat and go to work. That's how you get a job. And that's how you get money. Helix mattresses. I slept like a baby of mine last night. Was back in the house. Gosh, it felt good. It's quick and fun to unbox your Helix mattress. You're going to love it. You're going to be obsessed with it. You won't believe how well you'll sleep. Waking up feeling rested and refreshed. Helix has a quick quiz. It matches your body type and sleep preferences. The perfect mattress for you. Everyone's unique. Helix knows that. They have several different mattress models to choose from, and the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. We absolutely love ours. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. You will. Great mattress. Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. For a limited time, Helix is offering up to $350 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners to this program. This is their best offer yet. So hurry on over to Helix. It's H-E-L-I-X. HelixSleep.com slash Dan. HelixSleep.com slash Dan. Omaha Steaks. We love Omaha Steaks. Tony's getting a little jealous uh, because he hasn't gotten his Omaha Steaks burgers. Omaha, we got to take care of Tone. Big Tone. Hook the hook a brother up. The Omaha Steaks semi-annual sale is here. Get 50% off site-wide. Save on mouth-watering favorites today. Go to omahasteaks.com. Shop the semi-annual sale where you can load up on all the delicious flavor you, flavor you crave at half the price. And when you use my promo code Bongino at checkout, you'll get an extra $30 off your order. Save big on delicious, tender, juicy steaks, big, beefy burgers, and uh, all, all kinds of delicious food. So much more there. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor, endless value. With every purchase, is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee because the food's amazing. That's why. Simply go to omahasteaks.com. 
Shop the semi-annual sale today. Don't forget to use the promo code Bongino at checkout and get an extra $30 off your order. Hurry, because this deal won't last long. Kickstart your spring grilling today. That's omahasteaks.com. Promo code Bongino at checkout. Minimum purchase and restrictions may apply. Visit omahasteaks.com for details. Thanks, Omaha Steaks. So uh, we were talking about this student loan debacle. You can call it whatever you want. I mean, focus groups just sat around and told the Democrats, call it student loan forgiveness, because if the government's forgiving you of anything. That's like, uh, you know, uh, me giving Jim a loan, right? Jim doesn't pay it back, and then the government's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we just forgave it. Well, are you giving me money? No, we're not giving you your money back. We just forgave it because we can do that. Yeah, but what do you mean forgive? Like, I don't, it's like that line from... Uh, that movie with uh, Vince Vaughn and John Favreau, per diem? So it's my per diem? What do you mean? Like, so it's mine, I get to spend? What do you mean you forgave it? Where did it go? Because you see, the students took the money and they spent it at colleges that went and spent it on professors and administrative staff and food and, 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 and electricity bills. So the money was actually there. And what's, so where did it go? Where was it forgiven? No, it wasn't forgiven. You're paying for it. You're paying for it. An even better example. Mike gives Jim a loan. And then the government comes in and demands I pay off the loan back to Mike and then says, don't worry, Jim, the loan's forgiven. The loan's not for, and then the government looks like the good guy. You know, Friedman was a, was a, was a, was a hero. Milton Friedman, God rest his beloved soul, was probably the, the greatest explainer of economics of all time. I mean, you could debate if he was the greatest economist. What the hell does that even mean? It's all subjective anyway. But probably the greatest explainer of economics I've ever heard. And Friedman had these very simple ways of explaining what the Democrats want you to believe are very complicated concepts, but really aren't. The concept of me paying off your loans through the government by them taking my tax dollars. He explained this way. He used to joke around and say that, you know, the joke about government spending is you think you're spending your neighbor's money. But the really hilarious part is your neighbor says the same thing. This is, you understand like nothing's being forgiven here. Now, the worst part about this whole thing is we're in the middle of the worst inflation crisis we've seen since I'm seven years old. I'm 47. We haven't seen anything this bad in four decades. Inflation, the value of your money in the bank and in your wallet every day is buying you less. You are, ugh, I hate the word literally, I can't stand it, but I'm tempted to use it in this context because it's true. You are literally becoming poorer every single day. That's what inflation is. The money you have now, the money you have now is buying you less every single day. Your access to resources, products and services is what measures your wealth, correct? You're not wealthy if you can't buy a car. You can, I'm not talking about spiritual wealth and this, you know, uh, Eckhart Tolle stuff. I'm talking about actual material wealth, the real world. Your, your wealth is measured not by the nominal value of how much money you have in the bank. It's measured by your, that using that money as a tool to get you resources and services and products. Cars, homes, medical services, water, food. That's what wealth is. You're becoming poorer every single day under the Biden administration. That in conjunction with a bunch of swampy Republicans who didn't do the right thing, and couldn't control spending themselves, have spent so much money that as that money is now started to filter back into circulation with a constrained supply chain, 
you are going to see inflation that may in the short run may in the short run ebb a little bit but medium and long term this inflationary crisis we're in make no mistake is only going to get worse and the, these morons in DC the imbecile class the best they can do is say we're going to print hundreds of billions more more money we don't have to give to people to pay off loans and eventually that money is going to be taken out of your wallet through either taxes or inflation you want do you you get that right i know you do you're a smart audience not the liberals in the audience. You're not. You're the dopey class. But the, the smart people, the conservatives. You understand that, right? That either way, you're paying for this student loan, quote, forgiveness. And, and, and I know because you're not paying the tax bill right away, it doesn't seem that way. I think one of the best ideas is that you should be forced to write a check to the government every quarter. No, I don't like withholding. You know why? Some people don't look at their pay stub. They don't go online. I think withholding is a terrible idea. No, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Withholding is one of the worst things that ever happened to the United States government. You should be forced every quarter to cut a check. And every quarter you should mechanically write that check so your body understands how much you're paying. And you should get an itemized bill breaking down where your money's going. You should. A percentage of this is, and you should get a bill indicating how much you're paying this quarter to pay off your neighbor Samuel, his kid's sunflowers college bill. Let me tell you something. Would change, I'm, bl- I'm beeping myself, immediately. Oh, wait, I'm paying this much for Social Security, but I'm only getting this much back? That doesn't sound like such a deal. Wait, I'm paying this much? For Medicare and for my other person's Medicare, I got to cut a check for this. Wait, I'm paying this much for public schools. The fact that it's in withholding, a lot of people never see it. Therefore, you know, see no evil if if a tree falls in the woods. You know the old adage, right? Now, you may say to yourself, well, you know, we have 20 plus trillion dollars in debt and my taxes have stayed, stayed relatively steady, so I'm not paying. I get that a lot. I get that a lot. Not from conservatives, again, you're the smart ones, but there are some dopey people, even who listen to the show. A lot of, most of them are Democrats, largely liberals. But they say, ah, it's all BS, man. That doesn't mean anything. They're called, they call themselves modern monetary theorists. That doesn't mean anything. We can just print money. I mean, technically, they're right. You can just print money. But do you understand now how inflation is the worst tax of all? How because we didn't pay for the stuff and printed money we didn't have through regular taxes, because the, neither Democrats nor swampy Republicans have the guts to tell people, hey, this is what you're paying for. This is what a quarterly check would look like. Because they don't have the guts, they just print money at the Fed that buys government assets and it's created out of thin air to pay for things like this student loan debacle that Biden's proposing, which is totally unconstitutional, by the way. We'll get to that in a second, though. And a lot to get to including the elections last night. But inflation is the most dangerous tax of all. And the thing about inflation and why it's such a kitchen table issue that has the capability, as I've said many times on this radio program, has the capability to flip an election like that. Just ask Jimmy Carter. He was up 10 points to Reagan, with like six months to go, he wound up losing, what, 47, 48 states as an incumbent president? It wasn't all inflation, but a lot of it was. Why? Because it kicks you in the right there. It is the most kitchen table of kitchen table issues. One week you're buying steak. The next week you're buying chicken. The next week you're buying cat food. That's pretty kitchen table to me. 
How, what, what is that? Uh, what is that cat food? Uh, the meow mix. Next week you're eating meow mix. Meow. Man, that stuff is, hey, kids, put a little adobo on it. Tastes good. Dad, this is cat food. Sorry, son. It's all we can afford. Dad, we were eating ribeye three weeks ago. Eh? Joe Biden's in charge, folks. But our taxes didn't go up. No worries. No, no, they went up. They went up all right. They just inflated away the debt. They printed a bunch of money they didn't have, which made the debt seem like it wasn't there because you didn't have to pay for it right away, and you're paying for it now through inflation. That's exactly what's happening. You're eating meow mix. But don't worry, again, throw some adobo on it. Cone pimiento masks the taste. It's just delicious. Just delicious, that meow mix. Maybe some alpo. They have some, like, chicken mix or something like that. That's what you'll be eating next. Better than starvation. You want to find yourself in that Vigo Mortensen movie, The Road, winding up in the basement in that house. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Help me. I'm missing my leg. Why was that guy missing? Oh, someone ate it? That's kind of gross. That'll be next. Wasn't that an article recently, Jim, in, like, the Washington Post or something, too? Like, cannibalism. Not too bad. It was, like, an article like, the Post or somewhere else. I'm not sure if it was a post or else, but it was like cannibalism. Yeah, not too bad. No, no, that's bad. They're really bad. This isn't Yellow Jackets. The worst part about this whole thing is as Biden plunges us into the meow mix crisis, as we all become cat food eaters, they won't even tell you the truth. The Wall Street Journal notes an interesting part of this student loan uh, fiasco bailout. They say it's an Inflation Expansion Act. They note Biden will cancel 10000 in debt for borrowers making one hundred twenty-five k a year or less. They do some simple math here, folks. They go, well, that would cost about $300 billion this year and $330 billion over 10 years. That's the Penn-Morton budget model. That's far more than the $102 billion the Inflation Reduction Act purportedly reduces the debt by. Uh, is this, folks, is this math hard for the Libbies out there? Libbies, Libbies, is this hard? So Biden just, by the way, falsely and ridiculously claimed he's reducing the debt by $100 billion through the Inflation Reduction Act. He's now pledging $300 billion this year, according to the Journal, and $330 billion over 10, which will spend more money and is five, six times as much as he just claims he cut out of the debt. So couldn't we effectively call this the Inflation Production Act then by a factor of five? Is that, is that hard math, Libs? You having a hard time with that? So not only will this exacerbate and make inflation worse, by just pure simple math, even the Libbies can do. But here's another just sweet component of this that's going to rub your muffins the wrong way right here. The Wall Street Journal notes that about 70% of the loan relief would go to borrowers in the top 60% of the income distribution. Wait, wait, did I hear that right? Did I read that correctly? I thought the Democrats were the party of the middle class. You know, Bernie Sanders. Uh, Bernie Sanders always claiming to be some champion of middle class. Those, those billionaires and billionaires, they're the worst. I can't stand those damn billionaires. Bernie, I noticed you said billionaires. That's because I'm a millionaire. And I don't want to criticize me because I am one. And I'm like a diaper full of crap 24 hours a day. These guys claim they're the party of the middle class. So you're now about to take out 300 plus billion more dollars of debt, which is going to be paid for us through dramatically higher inflation and higher taxes in the future and now. And you're telling me that 70% of that is going to go to the richest Americans at the top of the income distribution? 
the most well-off Americans? Is it... Is it... I don't even... This is what, this is what the fall of an empire looks like. This is what the black cloud of ignorance, what the new dark ages look like. Biden, who, who was just taking a ridiculous victory lap about one of the worst bills we've seen in American history, two worst bills, the CHIPS Act and the Inflation Reduction Act, is now taking a victory lap about you paying off your rich neighbor's kids' sunflowers, student loans, while you're working your butt off. Again, to the Republican Party in D.C., I'm... I'm the D.C. swampies, not the good ones. I don't mean to, I'm not trying to insult everyone. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of crap Republicans out there, the Mitt Romneys of the world and the Liz Cheneys. I, I, if you don't get vocal about this and just start stating the obvious to people, it's time to take the Trump approach. I'm not kissing the guy's butt. I'm just telling you the truth. Trump was a very plain speaker, sometimes too much so, people would argue. He didn't speak in focus group tested talking points. He rarely stuck to the teleprompter. He, he was, it's ironic in that he was a billionaire, but he was the most in touch with the American middle class. That's kind of strange, right? It doesn't seem to work. You would think a really rich guy like him would be elitist and out of touch, but he spoke like normal people spoke very plainly. I am strongly in the strongest possible terms. I don't know if I mean anything to you or my advice means you may say, oh, you ran, you lost. What the hell do you know? Nah, you're right. Fair enough. But I can tell you eight and a half million people listen a whole lot more in the podcast and the radio show combined too. And I'm proud of that. And I think it's because my plain spokenness, that should be yours. It is time to get out in front of the American people today and just state the obvious. That this is BS. Pay your own damn student loans. That this is not a forgiveness program. This is you paying for someone else who's rich. And that this is one of the biggest scams in American history. And do not relent. RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com. Listen, there's a lot of sites out there that sell weird stuff. Everything from like pacemakers to car parts. But they're random people. You don't know who they are. They're anonymous marketplace sellers. How do you know you can trust them? You can't. Well, listen, rockauto.com, they don't do pacemakers. or They do car parts. And they do it better than anyone else. And they do them at better prices. It's the only thing they do. They've been selling parts and related tools online for more than 20 years. Rockauto.com. Rockauto.com offers a huge selection of parts. Light bulbs. What do you need? You need carpet for the interior car. You need brake pads. All made by quality, respected manufacturers with brands you both recognize and you trust. Their unique online catalog makes it easy to choose the correct parts to repair or maintain your car or truck. RockAuto.com's prices are reliably low across the board. They don't mark up prices for classic cars. There's no tricks or charge crazy car dealer prices for parts for newer cars. Get the parts you need at rockauto.com. When you check out, please write Bongino. Do us one favor. Write Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. In that, how did you hear about us, Box? It'd be really helpful so they know we sent you. Rockauto.com. Write Bongino in that, how did you hear about us, Box? We really appreciate it. Thanks, rockauto.com. Big show today. You ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris, the action star, world champion, black belt, and U.S. veteran? Well, I saw a video he made. I was shocked. He's in his 80s. He's still kicking butt, working out. He looks amazing. He stays active. I mean, a guy looks like he's in his 40s. What's even more shocking is he's stronger, can work out longer, and he has plenty of energy left over, keeping him sharp and focused. Chuck Norris is able to do all this because he made a simple change. It makes him and his family feel great. He made a special short video. explains everything easily to you. Make sure you check it out today. 
by going to chuckdefense.com slash Bongino could change the way you think about health. That's chuckdefense.com slash Bongino or text Bongino to 511-511. You won't believe how simple it is. Be prepared to be amazed. The guy seriously looks incredible. That's chuckdefense.com slash Bongino or text Bongino to 511-511. Message and data rate supply. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. The product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Here's a hint that involves this stuff. It's really good. Uh, Calvin Robinson was on Tucker Carlson uh, last night. And again, he talked about this redefinition of language. I, I kid you not, it is the greatest superpower the left has. The ability to redefine terms. Now you may say, well, why doesn't the right have that superpower? Because we don't have control over the cultural institutions or the media. We just don't. I wish we did. We don't. I mean, there's nothing I would love to say more or to do more than to redefine the language and to categorize the left's fight against voter ID as racist, because it is. When the left says things like blacks can't get a license to figure out how to vote, that's racist. And there's nothing I would like more than to be able to recategorize that as racist because it's true, claiming black people don't know how to get a license, okay? But we don't have the cultural media power. We just don't. The left does. So they just randomly change the meanings of words. The best example I have ever seen of this is that clip of, Jim, do you remember it? Maisie Hirono, radical far left uh, senator, lunatic. And she's up on Capitol Hill. Forgive me. I forget who she's talking to. It doesn't matter. Was it Amy Coney Barrett? I think it was. And she uses the word sexual orientation. And like randomly... Maisie Hirono says, that's offensive. It's sexual preference or the other way. I don't even remember. And then the next day, remember, magically, like the dictionary online changes the definition and it gets a slur. That, that, folks, that's power. That is power. They're doing it now with this gender affirming care, gender affirming care. Mutilating kids aren't even adults who... They haven't even figured out. They don't even know if they want to play with Barbie or wiffle ball bats. We're going to start castrating. I mean, are you kidding me? Listen to Calvin Robinson describe it. This is a great hit. This language change. Check this out. There are three sides to this. So, of course, firstly, they take over the language. And that is so that they can break down the boundaries. And then thirdly, that's so they can break down family and society. And that's what this has always been about. You know, some of us have been warning about this for years and have been called conspiracy theorists. But there's a reason that there's the mantra, love is love. Because if love means love for anyone, there's no boundaries involved there. And then when we're talking in an age where someone could define their race, someone can define their gender, and someone can define their sex or any other immutable characteristics, why would they not be able to define their age? If you can say, I identify as a woman, what's to stop you saying, I identify as a 12-year-old girl? And if love is love, and you are identifying as a 12-year-old girl, what is to stop you from having a relationship with another 12-year-old girl, biological or non-biological? This is the problem we find ourselves in. This is why they're redefining the language. This is why they're breaking down the boundaries. It's wicked, it's evil, and we must do everything we can to stop it and protect our children. I mean, there's a lot to this. He brings up some great points. Like, hey, if we just say love is love, then, and there's no boundaries then people who do things not out of love, but out of lust and out really, I mean, do really evil, awful things. They can say, oh, love is love. You see how it breaks down any societal boundaries, boundaries that keep us from turning into savages and destroying each other?
There's there's even more to it. Calvin Robinson, Jim, are we going to try to get him on the show? He's, he's, he's great. Yeah, maybe next week or something. He's really terrific. I enjoy his commentary immensely. And he knows this. I'm not trying to be like a smartass. Like, oh, he didn't. But, but there's even more to it than that. One, it's the power. The power to redefine words makes you an outsider and the fringe, even if you've done nothing wrong. Like that Maisie Hirono thing, where the person she was talking to, whether it was Amy Coney Barrett or not, doesn't matter. She exerted power. It is Amy Coney. Okay, I'm not crazy. She's like, listen, I need to paint you as a bigot and a homophobe in front of people. And Amy, and now it's Maisie Hirono, liberal Democratic senator, knows with 100% certainty Amy Coney Barrett is none of those things. She knows it. Trust me, she knows that. But she has to do it. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Oh, great. Good job. Yeah, Jim, play it so you can hear it yourself. You use the term sexual preference to describe those in the LGBTQ community. And let me make clear, sexual preference is an offensive and outdated term. It is used by anti-LGBTQ activists to suggest that sexual orientation is a choice. It is not. No, no, none of that. That's, she just made all that up. She, she just made that entire thing up. She just made, which is so bizarre because on one hand, Crazy Maisie will say, you can prefer to be a man over a woman, even though your genes say the opposite. But if you say sexual preference, you're definitely a bigot and a homophobe and a transphobe. It's the craziest thing you've ever heard. But folks, that's power. She knows Amy Coney Barrett is none of those things. She knows it. Come on. She knows it. Stop the silliness. She knows it. Libs, stop the nonsense. I'm not talking to my conservative friends. I don't mean to sound insulting. But she knows if she says that, that media people that should laugh at her and be like, oh my gosh, Maisie, please. Like, you're really digging now. You know Amy Coney Barrett meant nothing of the sort. You're just making that up. She knows media people hate Amy Coney Barrett, hate conservatives, and that they'll just run with it. Because that's power. Oh, we can destroy her because she said sexual preference. And, said, and it's, it's weird. I got it in reverse because I don't, I, I don't even know. I don't know which one by the day is sexual orientation. No, that's offensive too. You're a homophobe. I am? Really? And then, people, and then people start responding in like the way they start giving like bizarre testimonials. Don't even entertain that stuff. No, no, I have friends who are gay. Great, who cares? You don't need to, you do not need to defend yourself against stupid. You come back and just laugh at them. Now, Amy Coney Barrett is a very dignified woman. She's not going to come back and start attacking her. But if I was up there, I got to tell you, I think I would have lost it on her. I would have been like, wait, wait. Jim's shaking his head like, yeah, yeah, I know. I've seen you during the break. I would have been like, wait, time out, time out. She would have been reclaiming my time. No, that's not your time. It's the people's time. No, no, you're not reclaiming anything. Are you suggesting that I hate people because of, who they choose to partner with or do their thing with. Are you suggesting that, that I instantaneously judge them based on you? I just want to be clear what you're suggesting. Then, oh, 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 then they start panicking. No, no, can you produce any evidence of that at all? Or you just threw that out there because you knew the media people in the audience would salivate like dogs when you threw that bone at them. And then watch, she would collapse because she has no, you know, a, a fighting bone in her body. They're just used to getting their way. Yeah. Oh, oh never. Apologize. Forget it. Apology. No way. No chance they would do that. It's like when I went up to Capitol Hill to testify about uh, after the George Floyd's thing about police reforms. 
and I went back and forth. Who was it with? Uh, Hakeem Jeffries, was it? And Swalwell? And it was hilarious. Like, the minute I hit them back, I think it was Jeffries, and I got into it with a couple other people. Swalwell. Forgive me, it was a long day. But it was just hilarious watching, and when you fight back, how they just, like, if you're watching on Fox Nation, Jim, here's them in the seat. If you hear me backing away from the microphone, they're like this. Then it's like this. And then, hold on, folks. It's like this. And it's, this is what they do. I almost really fell off the chair. There. That's a funny. This is what they do. It's so pathetic. They're so not used to it. But there's power in that, man. There is power in being able to redefine the language. And there's also power in being able to redefine what science is. Uh, Jim, I want to transition to the Fauci thing on uh, Cut 5. Intended segue. When you get to redefine what science is, too, man, that's, I mean, you want to talk about power. That's real power. Science has always been understood to be a process, right? You make some a priori kind of thesis about how something's going to work out. If I distribute drug A to this patient, then this will happen. You have to put that out in advance. You don't get to say it after the fact. You then run a controlled experiment, controlling for confounding variables. You run with a control group. You distribute drug A. You measure the reaction, and you see if the desired outcome happens. If it does, does it mean drug A works? It may. It may, especially if you've randomized people into groups, which keeps the confounding variables to a minimum, so you're not making sure that drug just worked on that one person. Single-subject designs are pretty useless outside of very specific things. Without getting into a stupid science lesson, what I'm trying to get out of science is a process. And then you replicate that over and over until you can reasonably confirm drug A did this to this group of people properly controlled in a proper scientific study. Not Fauci. Fauci now has the data on lockdowns. This is power. These are leftists like Fauci. This is real raw power. Here's Fauci. We now know the lockdowns were a total disaster. Total disaster. Economic disaster. Mental health disaster. Education disaster. We know it. We know it. We know it for sure. That's the science. We have longitudinal chronological data that they sucked. Here's Fauci on Fox. Like, ah, I don't know. I just disagree with that. This is power. Check this out. So, doctor, when the Wall Street Journal took a look at states that locked down and, and states that didn't lock down nearly so much and concluded, we now know that states that locked down uh, fared no better and sometimes worse than those states that didn't. What do you think of that? You know, I really question those data. Neil, I'm sorry. There are many people who statistically looked at those data and disagreed with that. Because when you look at lockdown, there's so many other things that go along with that. And there's been a lot of pushback on that type of a conclusion that states that locked down did as well or better than states that didn't. I, I think that there's a lot of debate about that. Um, no, Doc. There really isn't. There is a portfolio of data out there showing that states that locked down severely, in many cases, fared worse than states that barely locked down at all. Here's a New York Post headline, Emily Crane. New York and California failed in the handling of COVID. Florida was among the best. New study. I mean, you can ignore that, but I just want you to understand this isn't a COVID segment. This isn't even a segment about Maisie Hirono. This is a segment about power. The power when you control the culture, the media, the academic community, 
the entertainment community, the sports community, and the media. How you can redefine anything you want. Objective principles like science, words like sexual preference. You can randomly create bigots out of people just like that. But even when you're wrong and the science says otherwise, you can go on the air and without any fear of being called out by the media, you could say things like, no, I don't agree with that science. I'm going to pick my own science. That's not the way science works, Doc. Doc. You can declare someone a bigot tomorrow by using like the word and and the in a sentence. Man, let me tell you something, brother. That's power. That's real. The left would laugh at you if you tried that back. The left can go on TV and say things like black people can't get licenses to vote and nobody says anything. You're a conservative. You go the and or but. And they're like, oh, that combination of words in that order. There was a 16th century white supremacist who did you were eight Eight on it. You are definitely a white spread. Jim, you get the Friglisi joke. That's what happens. This is totally asymmetric. That's power. Real power. Folks, you heard me talk about MyPillow for a while now, but did you know that they have a lot more than just pillows? There's no better time to check out MyPillow.com because Mike Lindell and MyPillow are having a BOGO extravaganza on several MyPillow items. It's time to join the millions of Americans who've changed the quality of their sleep with MyPillow. Right now, you can get this buy one, get one free pricing on beach towels, beach blankets, Giza Elegance, my pillows, six piece towel sets, roll and go anywhere, my pillows, and so much more. Just go to the radio listener special page at mypillow.com and use promo code Bongino, B O N G I N O, or call 1 800 837 0459. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on select products. Call 1 800 837 0459. Or go to the radio listener special page at MyPillow.com and use promo code Bongino. Paul and I love their pillows, slippers, and towels for a long time. We know you'll love their products, too. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Bongino. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. So I was reading this piece in the journal about how we're being led by idiots and morons, by dunces, by Barton Swain. He says it's hard to uh, to contemplate American life in this century and not arrive at the unhappy conclusion we're being led by idiots. He goes through the string of debacles, the Afghanistan pullout, urban crime waves, easily foreseen inflation. How is it that the idiot class did not see that printing a bunch of money we don't have to pay for a bunch of programs we can't afford and then locking down the economy during COVID. By the way, this was a bipartisan disaster. The Democrats were not the only ones responsible for spending money we don't have, nor were they the only ones with lockdowns. There were Republican governors, too, who fostered these lockdowns. Can you imagine a scenario any dumber than printing money to chase products we're not producing because we locked down the economy and then wondering why the price of the remaining products we have left goes up because more money is chasing them and then pretending we didn't know what happened with the inflation? He cites the mayhem at the southern border. Again, are we led by idiots? You didn't understand that scrapping the MPP migrant protection protocols 
and showing video around the world of Border Patrol unlocking a locked gate at the Texas border to letting people in wouldn't send a message to others to come to the United States? Are you stupid? You miss this? What about the energy crisis? Gee, I got an idea. Let's stop drilling in Amwar, the North Slope. Let's dump Gulf oil leases. Let's attack oil through ESG, through our liberal friends at BlackRock and elsewhere. Let's send a message to the futures markets. We won't be building any new pipelines. Let's not build new pipelines. Let's attack fracking. Let's impose a bunch of draconian environmental regulations on people that they'll never possibly be able to comply with so they can't produce energy. And then when the energy price goes up, because Vladimir Putin and China and elsewhere, when they have rare earth minerals and oil and stuff, they don't care about any of this environmental stuff. When they then take over the energy market, let's look and act surprised. <laughs> I don't know, man. What happened? We're being led by idiots. Public schools that make kids dumber. Universities that nurture destructive grievances and noxious ideologies. News media nobody trusts. How do you continue like this? The gist of the piece by Swain that I'm reading you from was that there are there's a historical battle between a number of competing ideologies about governing systems, and I'll try and bore you and be, uh, you know, wax poetic. He goes into a bunch of historical theories about governance and how the system doesn't matter because if you don't have moral people in charge, whether it's, uh, you know, an oligarchy or a constitutional republic, the results are going to be the same. So the piece argues back and forth, is it more the system, is it more the people? And it comes to the conclusion at the end, that, which I think is accurate, that it's obviously going to be a combination of the two. You have to design the best system you can because people are corruptible. Lord Acton was correct. Power corrupts absolute power, corrupts absolutely. But the system is going to be no good if the people in charge corrupt it. People are, after all, policy. I'll give you a perfect example. We supposedly live in a constitutional republic with checks and balances. If that's the case, how is the CDC? How is the CDC allowed to mandate that you inject the substance into your body that you didn't want? How was that? How was that? That they created an environment where this was allowed. Greatest mistake of my life, by the way, was getting the vaccine. I'm going to go into that later. That may be troubling for, you know, a lot of people to hear, but that was the biggest mistake of my life. I knew something was up. I sensed that I should have waited for the longitudinal data on it. I believe in science, not the science. The science is nonsense. There isn't the science. There's just science, which is a process. And I didn't let the process play out. And I regret that. But you really believe we live in a constitutional republic? How were so many of you forced to take that thing, even though you didn't want it? How were so many of you kept out of religious services. I thought you have a right to practice your religion. I thought you have the right to petition your government. How come if you showed up at a government office during a lockdown to petition against the lockdowns, you were thrown out and told to go home? Although it's not the United States, how, how come a supposedly free society up in Canada, a bunch of truckers, weren't allowed to protest or petition their government either? Granted, it's they don't have our Bill of Rights. I understand that, but they proclaim themselves to be some kind of a free society. How did that work? You really believe you live in a constitutional republic? How is it that you voted for a man 
tens of millions of you voted for a guy who later walked into the White House and his own White House turned on him, spied on him, selectively leaked to the media and impeached him twice for so-called high crimes and misdemeanors he never committed. How is it we live in a media environment now where people still walk around with face diapers on their face, freaking masks on their face? I saw a report this morning playing basketball with kids. How is that still happening when every sane person knows it's bull stuff? How is that happening in a free society where information is supposed to be a two-way street? How are people still doing this? How is it that there are photos out there of kids in a band class a year ago being segregated in little plastic bubbles because of the threat of a virus, thinking this was somehow going to stop transmission? How did this happen in a free society? It's because we're led by dipwads and idiots. Here's another example of this. Jim, cue up for me, cut one. Here's Jennifer Granholm, who is a cabinet secretary in the Biden administration. Energy. Here she is saying, listen, man, if you're low income, don't you worry. This infrastructure bill and the Inflation Reduction Act, don't sweat it. Low income, you're middle class, you're struggling due to inflation. No sweat. Major rebates for heat pumps and super green windows and stuff. Don't you worry, you smellies, you smelly redneck hayseeds, you bunch of dumbasses. Don't you worry. Jennifer Granholm has the solution. These are the smart people here. Check this out. If you are moderate income, today you can get 30% off the price of solar panels. Those solar panels can be financed, so you don't have to have the big outlay at the front. And when they're financed, they're financed to the, in a way that reduces your energy bill, even though you have solar panels. With this 30% off, it's a significant incentive. Significant incentive, Jim. It's a significant incentive. So government prints a lot of money. You're going to get Jim. Hold on, Mike. Mike, don't leave the Mike. The board's abandoned. Jim's leaving to go get some new green windows right now. Yeah, the green windows are about what seventy grand for Jim's house, but he gets a thirty percent rebate. Don't worry. And Jennifer Granholm says, don't sweat it. You can finance it. So in addition to your car loan, your kid's student loan, and your health care bills, which are all expensive because the government has intervened heavily in two or three of those markets, both healthcare and university, right? Just because they've done that, the government was going to lower prices. The most dramatically expensive things in your life right now are probably health care and your kids' college loans and all that stuff. But don't worry. The government took over the student loan market with Obama because they were going to fix it. Magically, things got more expensive. The leftists were like, <laughs> what? Ah, that happened, man. Right, Obamacare. Obamacare was going to do a lot to reduce your prices. And then your health care got canceled and your prices doubled. And these leftist morons. I mean, these, think of it. Mm, mm. I want to say something right now so bad. I, you know what? The moose balls on these people. Moose nuts. They have wheelbarrows in front of them. Hanging them, baby. This is, a, this is what they do. Can you imagine these people? Obamacare. Yes, we're going to lower costs. Healthcare is going to be so much cheaper. And then you get a note in the mail, your healthcare is canceled. And then you get another plan that's twice as much. And the Democrats are like, man, this Obamacare is great. And then for generations, they're telling us, no, 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 just let us take over the university system like we took over our fantastic public schools that are the worst in the OECD world. 
Let's take over the public health, the uh, the public university. Let's make it a public university system. Obamacare took over the student loan market, and that's going to make things cheaper. College has never been more expensive, and none of these freaking morons on the left ever look back and go, man, that really didn't work. We're really stupid. This never happens. This never happened. They never, ever look back and ever say to themselves, nothing we've told anyone is true. I'm going to have a heart attack. I really am today. I'm, I'm, every weekend. If I die on this show, I'm Jim and Mike are going to have to take over. I am like, I, 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 I'm white hot right now with the stupid. This article got me so fired up this weekend because it's not just that politicians, swampies and Democrats, right, do dumb things. It's that the people who vote for them see the results of the dumb things. They kick them right in the ass. They're feeling inflation. They're getting robbed in the streets. They're seeing cars, used cars explode. The cost of college explode. The cost of healthcare explode. And yet they've been told at every turn that the government was going to fix this. And the more the government injects itself into the problem, the worse the problem gets. And no one ever goes back and says, man, the government really sucks. Nobody ever says that. If you watch my monologue on Fox this weekend, thank you for the feedback. I know Jim liked it. People just embrace the suck. It's like they know government sucks. The level of suck is unprecedented like any other organization or collective group of people in humankind. Government does more damage. It's history of failure. It has a 100% success rate of failing government at everything. They bankrupted your Social Security, bankrupted Medicare, screwed up Obamacare, destroyed the student loan market, got involved with college costs and costs exploded. They claim they're controlling the border. The border's open. They say, hey, listen, let's get involved over in Ukraine with all our lefty people and everything. Ukraine explodes. Nothing they do, nothing they do works. Everything they touch, they destroy. It is a metastasizing, rotting cancer to humankind, and yet they continue to vote for more of this. No, oh, next time will definitely be better. What evidence do you have of that? The idiocy is everywhere. Folks, what can we do to fix it? It's one thing to complain. All right, Dan, enough. You've given us a, I get it. I'm sorry. I'm just, is that okay, Paula? You've, you've had enough. Paula's had enough. She's sitting here in the studio. Jim, you've had enough too. How do we fix it? No, you haven't had a Jim's like, give me more. And Jim's like, I'm good. All right. Folks, there's primaries. There's one tomorrow in Florida and in New York. You have got to vote. I, I'm at the point where cutesy time is over and I can't even be nice about it anymore. You, you must vote. I usually say respectfully and with humility. I, I can't ask anyone. You just have to vote. Voting is not the solution to all your problems. Republicans aren't the solution to your problems. But the cause of all your problems are certainly the Democrats and their liberal allies. Okay? That's a fact. There's a primary tomorrow in Florida. It is critically important because Governor DeSantis isn't being primaried. A lot of people don't know about it on the Republican side. Well, the Democrats take advantage of that. A lot of these school board elections appear on the ballots in these kind of uh, elections for that reason, specifically because they figure Republicans won't show up. There is a school board election in oh, school board elections all over Florida in my county, Martin County. I am supporting Amy Pritchett and Jennifer Russell. Also supporting my friend Stacey Heatherington, Judge White as well. Folks, please, if you're listening in our audience in Florida, especially WFTL, 
850. You're listening right now. Please vote tomorrow. You want to save your schools? Amy Pritchett and Jen Russell are the answer. I got a wonderful email from this lady, Patty, Paula sent to me this weekend. That was a great email. She was working the polls, Jim. And she said, she knows my wife's email. She said, Paula, I can't tell you how many people showed up to vote in early voting in Florida for Amy Pritchett and Jennifer Russell for school board saying they heard about it from Dan on the radio. Folks, local politics matters to me too. There are races all over Florida and all over New York tomorrow. It's up to you to go out and do. The do matters. The talk is cheap. The show doesn't mean jack crap and jack left town if you don't go out and do something about it. It's not going to fix all your problems. But it may stop the cause of all your problems, which is the Democrats and the liberals and the stupid people destroying this country. Thanks for listening to this special podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with our normal daily podcast show tomorrow, Tuesday, September 5th. You just heard Dan Bongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen.